Hello everyone and welcome back to Ask Dr. Paul and today I'm going to be walking through a really important question that I got recently and that was how do I stay healthy when I am traveling especially overseas and so today we're going to talk about three perspectives. One is what you can do to prepare for your travel and think about all those things to stay healthy. What can you do when you are traveling and you're out and about and you're traveling, you're working, maybe you're on a tour even, and how do you stay healthy then? And then the third part of it is how do you stay healthy after coming back home and getting back into your normal routine? So there's many things to talk about here, but I'm going to try and break it down really starting right now. The first step is we want to make sure that we're getting off on the right foot, that we know what we're dealing with from our health perspective before we travel. So what does that mean? That means we really need to go in and get a regular checkup. We need to make sure that we get an exam. We need to make sure that we talk with our healthcare provider and make sure that they know where we're going. Make sure that we talk about our underlying health issues, if we do have any. If you're lucky enough not to have any, beware of some of the issues that you may encounter when you are traveling. There's several things to think about if you have some underlying health conditions. Of course, one of the things I'm sure you've already thought about is you do need to have your medication list ready and written down. You also need to have a supply of medication that's going to last you for the duration of your travel. That can be very simple to do in some cases, but in other cases, you need to be very organized, especially if you're taking any aerosol or liquid medications or even injectable medications that you need to plan for. In some cases, you may need to have that medication administered to you overseas, and that means that you need to find a healthcare provider or a clinic that's able to give that medication. In addition, one of the things I want you to make sure you know about is where are you going? Where are you going to be traveling? If you're going to be going to multiple locations or countries, you need to make sure that you understand the healthcare system where you are going. And what that means is that you go online, you check out some clinics or hospitals where you may be traveling, and just write down the names of these places and the phone numbers and addresses just in case. Just in case you may need to go there for care or you may need to talk to a healthcare provider to get some local advice. And that can be very important, especially in countries that are still what we would call developing, meaning that they have water and food sanitation that may not be what you are used to in your home country. And so what that means is that you could be potentially at risk for some health conditions or diseases that you may not be at risk for where you live right now. And that means also when you talk with your healthcare provider, you may need to ask them or you can check online about going into a specific travel clinic. That is a clinic where there's a nurse and a doctor who routinely every day talk with people who are traveling and they have access to resources like things like the CDC Yellow Book. These are resources that you can actually use with them to understand what you need to do to prepare. And that may need drugs. That may mean uh, taking a vaccine that's required before you go overseas. Now, keep in mind, when we talk about vaccines, there's the vaccines that we always typically get as a child or a young adult. And then there's those vaccines that are special for the location where you are traveling. And, you know, I've traveled, I think, in over 25 countries. And one of the things that I know is that as we travel to some of these different countries, there are special diseases that we need to be aware of. A good example of this is yellow 
yellow fever. Yellow fever is a viral disease. It's caused by bite from a mosquito and then the virus is uh, delivered to you or transmitted from the mosquito to you. And once you're exposed to yellow fever, you can get very, very sick. The vaccine is very effective, but it's not available everywhere. And so you need to go ahead and contact your healthcare provider or local travel clinic and find out if they have it available. The reason I mentioned yellow fever in particular is that there are some countries actually where you may be going and need to travel that actually require that vaccine before you can even enter the country. So what they do is they screen you, they check to see if you've got that yellow fever certification card. And if you have it, you're good to go and enter the country. In some cases, they won't even let you leave the airport until you either show them the record that you got the vaccination or you actually can get the vaccine in some countries at the airport before you exit that airport. The other thing I wanted to mention is that there are some other vaccines that may be considered optional, but you are wise to take them because if you are exposed to the disease when you're overseas, not only will it ruin your trip, but you actually could get very sick and need hospitalization. There's things like hepatitis A, and there's also things like typhoid fever that you can get exposed to in some countries. And it's always a good idea to minimize that exposure, number one, but try to prevent it by having the vaccine just in case. Because sometimes we don't know what we're eating, and sometimes we don't have access to super clean water. The other thing I want to mention is that we want to make sure that we think about prevention. Disease prevention is number one, of course, you know, in my mind. But as you're traveling overseas, you want to make sure that you're thinking prevention mindset all the time for everything. What that means in particular is, for example, if you're going on a safari in Africa or going to Asia or even Latin America... There are some countries where malaria is endemic or hyperendemic, meaning that you have a good chance of getting exposed to the mosquito and malaria parasite when you get bitten by the mosquito. Now, what that means is that you actually could get very sick with a high fever and get laid out for a week or two at least. And you don't want to do that. So in some countries, we recommend, and you'll talk with your travel clinic or provider, and they'll tell you about how we can prevent malaria by taking a medication on a regular basis during your trip. And there's several options for that depending on your other medical conditions and underlying illnesses. So talk with your clinic, your travel clinic, to make sure you get the right medication to prevent malaria if you need that. The other thing I want to mention is that overseas, when you're traveling, many countries, many healthcare providers will not accept your health insurance that you have here in your home country or wherever that is. And what that means is that you may need specific travel insurance, but also specific travel health insurance. And that's a very important thing to investigate now if you're going to be traveling because you don't want to go unprotected and uh, really incur gigantic bills if you do get sick. And in some cases, some of the travel clinics overseas can treat you, but you will have to pay out of pocket or with your credit card. And if you have to go into the hospital or get really higher level treatment, that means it could be very expensive. So having that travel health insurance is a good idea. Now, let's pretend that you are in a hospital in an overseas country. You'll need to make sure that you have access to your medical records. So if you have a way to take any electronic medical records for a current health condition that you have, that's great to have with you in case the doctors there need to know what your underlying medical conditions are. That's something you don't hear hear people tell you about, but it's very important because you want to make sure that they can understand what you have as a background health condition because you may not be in a situation where you can actually explain that to them. For example, if you're in a car accident, you may not even be conscious. So traveler with you or a relative may have that information you can provide to a healthcare provider locally in your travel area. The other thing I want to mention for travel in country when you're going overseas, no matter if it's Europe, a say a developed country, or if it's a developing country, 
you need to make sure that you have the travel medical essentials. That means band-aids, that means antiseptics or painkillers and other basic over-the-counter medications that you may need to treat symptoms or feel better with a minor medical illness. Very often, travel clinics will provide you with prophylactic antibiotics. You have to take these with uh, great caution, of course, because we don't want to over-treat ourselves and take antibiotics unnecessarily. But sometimes it can be very helpful to have those antibiotics because they can treat sometimes traveler's diarrhea. There are other medications like loperamide and other medications that can help slow down your gut motion if you do have diarrhea and your travel clinic or healthcare provider can tell you about those as well. I can also help you out with those. If you have questions, you can email me or reach out to JB and he can connect you to me. Now, the other thing I want to mention is that during your journey, you want to make sure you have good personal hygiene at all times. That means washing your hands frequently. In some cases, you may need to use hand sanitizer because local places don't have soap. And that's particularly true in, in hotels, restaurants, bathrooms, any place you go. And so that's really important. You want to make sure that you're very careful to sanitize and wash your hands before eating and after using the toilet anywhere you go overseas, of course. And be careful, be very careful about eating street food overseas, particularly if you're not used to eating street food, because you want to make sure you avoid and minimize your exposure to foodborne pathogens and foodborne illness. Same goes for eating and drinking foods that may be more on the liquid side. Avoid the raw foods. And of course, course, be careful about drinking tap water. In fact, I would recommend aiming to use bottled water if you are traveling overseas. Be careful of drinking right out of the tap and even brushing your teeth. Be very careful because sometimes the tap water can be contaminated. Not always, but it can be contaminated with bacteria, viruses, and even parasites in some cases. The other thing I want to mention is when you're traveling, especially if it's in a tropical, subtropical, or hot environment, make sure you have enough water with you at all times. If you're going out for the day, make sure you hydrate, 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 and work to make sure you're taking in a balanced diet, make sure you keep those energy levels up, and make sure that you be careful, especially to pace yourself. This kind of goes back down to travel preparation. Let me just stop here and say one thing. If you are traveling overseas and you know that you're going to be traveling, say, six months or a year later, I would try to develop a exercise routine and program that mimics how much you may be walking every day or how much you may be hiking in a particular location. The last thing you want to do when you go overseas is get into a situation where A, your fitness level is not up to snuff, and B, you get tired or fatigued. And that tiredness and fatigue can actually lead to injury and even falls in some cases. So you want to be very careful. Along with this, watch to make sure that you know where you're going and look at the altitude of the destination where you're going. You know, one time I was flying into Bolivia and I landed in the airport in La Paz. La Paz is the capital of Bolivia and it's very, very high up in the Andes Mountains. One of the things that happened when they depressurized the cabin and I was just sitting in my chair in the airplane was that I immediately began to feel short of breath. And that really surprised me because I didn't think that I would feel that short of breath. Fast forward to today, we know now that if you are traveling in altitude, let's say you're going to Machu Picchu in Peru or traveling to the mountains in Ecuador, one of the things you want to make sure you avoid is altitude sickness. You can do this in a couple ways. One is acclimatizing yourself. And so traveling to a place where there are mountains and you get that exercise tolerance, you work up your hemoglobin, so that you actually can tolerate exercise at altitude. But you can also carry with you medication that can prevent altitude sickness. There's things like diabetes.
Diamox. So talk with your travel clinic about taking medications or carrying them with you that can actually help you avoid altitude sickness that can be very debilitating. In fact, it can be deadly and often can put people in the hospital for a short period of time. The other thing I want to make sure you do when you're traveling is listen to your body and stay connected. When we are traveling, it is very tempting to push yourself to the limit. And I would recommend easing into your activities once you arrive at your destination because it can be really very tiring. By itself, you know, traveling is exhausting and it's stressful. Getting on an airplane, being on a long-haul flight, those are all very, very stressful. And if you're not hydrating, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, and your clock is all messed up, one of the things I want to make sure you know is that you can actually prepare ahead of time and plan for your activity level and your activity so that you're not overstressing your body from the very beginning. Work into it, uh, really ramp up your activities so you're not going to be putting your body at risk and even stressing your immune system to the point where you break it down and you are then more susceptible to illness overseas. The other thing I like to recommend is taking your technology like a phone or tablet computer with all the other electrical things that you need like a charger and things like that, but also make sure you stay connected with loved ones. Make sure you keep in touch with people when you're traveling. Let them know where you are. That can be by email or by phone or text, but make sure you talk with your phone company to make sure that you can actually use your phone in the destination countries where you are going because sometimes you get there and you're surprised that often your phone is not working. So check that out. Also take with you a little reminder to practice relaxation technique. You know, these are so important. Things like deep breathing or meditation can be very valuable, especially during long haul flights. I do that on a long haul flight, particularly I meditate, I'm resting, um, but I'm also getting up a lot and walking around. So I'm frequently um, up in the airplane walking around to make sure I get that blood circulation going. But at the same time, I balance that with meditation and rest and good eating and super hydration. In fact, I recommend on a long haul flight or even a medium haul flight, avoid the alcohol because that can not only disrupt any sleep you have later on, but it can really mess up your hydration. Alcohol by itself is dehydrating. Also caffeinated products, coffee, tea to some degree can be dehydrating. So if you can minimize your exposure to those dehydrating drinks and make sure you hydrate with a electrolyte solution or a beverage like Gatorade or even water would be very, very important. I drink a lot of water on long haul flights because the air in the plane is very, very dry, has very low humidity. Okay. Now, when you're traveling overseas, respect the local environment. Make sure you recognize common hazards, things like sun. You know, if you're traveling to Queensland, Australia, I can tell you firsthand that that is a very, very sunny location. It has one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world, and that's for very good reason. Folks there, if you're living there, traveling, have very high levels of sun exposure and UV radiation. So make sure you have a high SPF sunblock if you're traveling to a sunny location. Listen to locals. Talk with the local people. It's always a great thing if you're traveling and someone's going to the same destination as you on the airplane. You can pick their brain while you're traveling, even on the airplane. And when you get there, talk with hotel staff and get a lay of the land as much as you can to understand what the risks are, what areas to avoid for safety, when it's best to stay indoors, and stay updated on the local news. Watch the weather, especially. You may have heard recently of the incredible hurricane that hit Acapulco. 
you can watch the weather and make sure that you avoid or minimize your exposure to these dangerous conditions locally in terms of weather. Now, let's talk a little bit about what happens when you're traveling and you get back home. So the post-travel health maintenance is almost as important as the other things that I just talked about. Number one, make sure you write down any illness that you had overseas. If you did have unusual symptoms when you were overseas, make sure you write that down and talk with your healthcare provider, doctor, when you get back. Make sure you record what medications you were taking. Make sure you make any note and record information about any healthcare visits or hospitalizations that you had overseas so you can tell your doctor when you get back about what happened. That's always very good to debrief with your doctor or healthcare provider. The next thing I want to mention is don't minimize or dismiss minor symptoms. We have a tendency to push off or really uh, negate or dismiss very important symptoms. Sometimes these seem very minor, like they shouldn't be important, like a cough. If we come back with a persistent cough, that's very important to look at because we want to make sure that we're not carrying with us a bacteria that could be treated or even a parasitic infection some, from some tropical regions. We also need to make sure if we have persistent GI symptoms or we have a change in our bowel habits, we need to make sure that we talk with our doctor to make sure they know what the changes are in our symptoms because what that could mean is that we could have a chronic infection. And, you know, very often when I've traveled, I get something called Giardia. It's a parasite, very, very easy to pick up by just drinking water. And uh, sometimes the water, even from a tap, can be contaminated. So be very careful. And one of the things that happens when you get a change in bowel habits is, is that it can actually change the absorption of nutrients in your gut wall. And what that means is that you may become actually nutritionally depleted. So it's very important to get your gut checked out if you have any change in your bowel habits. Make sure you schedule also a follow-up visit with your healthcare provider when you come back, just to kind of debrief, tell them your experience, and then do that regular monitoring for any chronic medical conditions that you may have because you want to make sure you keep a close eye on things like your heart issues, any high blood pressure issues, and any blood sugar diabetic-related issues that you may have. Also, if you have a chronic kidney condition, for example, or other chronic liver condition or other illness, you want to make sure you get those monitored and checked out. Make sure you're back to baseline and you're on a good track for either recovery or stability in your health. The other thing you can do is when you come back, make sure you're up to date with your vaccine. Sometimes we forget to take them or we didn't take them before we left. You can actually get you up on those and get those checked out by your healthcare provider. The other thing I want to make sure you do when you come back is make sure you report back. I give an honest assessment and honest history to your healthcare provider. Make sure that they know exactly where you were. You know, one time I had a gentleman came back from a safari. Actually, he was working in South Africa in Kruger National Park, and he went on a safari, stayed overnight in a house, got bitten by a local insect, and came back with a rickettsial infection uh, that caused a black spot on his ankle. And uh, didn't he didn't know what it was, so he came back. We were able to get him the right treatment. He recovered well. But, you know, it's just about uh, knowing where you've been and making sure you monitor your symptoms and watch for any changes because sometimes these changes can happen one, two, or even three weeks after you come back. And so if you see any changes weeks after you return, be sure you connect with your doctor or healthcare provider. Okay, so a few key action steps for today. If you are thinking about travel or even you know a loved one or a friend who's traveling, tell them to listen to this podcast and check out also this list. So number one, we want to make sure you schedule a regular medical checkup before and after your travel. 
Number two, research where you're going. Plan ahead. Know the environment. Know what you might be exposed to in terms of local insects or local weather or even local food and water. Number three, prioritize your hygiene. Make sure you are protecting your hands. Wash your hands. Have soap and uh, sanitizer, alcohol-based sanitizer with you when you travel. And avoid risky foods. Those street foods sometimes can be very dangerous. Be careful with those. Number four, stay connected. Make sure you have your phone, your tablet, or whatever computer you're using. Bring that with you. Of course, make sure you stay connected. Make sure you check out, talk with your phone company so you can do texting or calling if you need to in an emergency especially. Number five, monitor that post-travel health. Make sure you be vigilant for any symptoms that you could see. Even if they're minor, you want to make sure you talk with your doctor or healthcare provider and seek help. Seek some attention to those because sometimes they can blow up and become very serious conditions. Okay? So stay tuned for further podcasts on this topic. It's a really important issue. We want to make sure you stay healthy when you're traveling. And it's a great way to do this by starting thinking ahead now to what you need to do to prepare before you go, what you can do when you travel overseas in any country, and then what to do when you come back. All good stuff. Uh, Look forward to talking with you again soon. This is Ask Dr. Paul. Thank you very much.